And now, a bit of romance. Two girls on a quest to find which rom-com is the best. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Hello, and welcome to PSA Love Rom-Coms, the podcast about sexy pop-making ghosts that leave you quaking and love that's heartbreaking. We're your hosts. I'm Mia. And I'm Allie. PSA Love Rom-Coms is a rom-com review podcast where each week, Mia and I go to our local psychic and ask them <laughs> to help us answer our most pressing spiritual question. Which rom-com is the best rom-com of all time? And you guys, it's the month of October. so. We here at PSI Love Rom-Coms are shaking it up and watching some of our favorite horror rom-coms because you guys, what's more terrifying than falling in love? <gasps> Ooh, spooky. Spooky. 
(laughs) (laughs) Joining us today is a very talented actor who stars in the upcoming Echo Theater Company's production of Poor Claire. And if he was in a rom-com, he'd be a high school student who is down on his luck after a breakup, but resolves to get his ex back by quitting his beloved basketball team and auditioning for the school play A Midsummer's Night's Dream. It's the one and only Michael Sturgis. Wow. Thank you for that. I think that's so accurate. Yay. Yes. Massive Ben Foster energy over there for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that uh little synopsis is from uh the teen rom com Get Over It, starring oh, Ben Foster and Kirsten Dunst. I love it, I love it. I oh, love it wow. so much. Yeah. So that's some early filmography of Kirsten Dunn. Oh yes. Exactly. Very early. One of the most interesting careers. Yes. In an interview, she recently, I don't know when it was, but someone mentioned like your filmography is iconic. Like, and not all of it was like immediately iconic, you know, but like it just aged so well. Like, what's your secret? And she said, I know how to read scripts. I might have made that whole thing up, but I'm pretty sure that's, I love that. If it's true. I love that. Her filmography is good. It's so good. And kind of weird, but like, yeah, it's all aged well. Like, An Interview with a Vampire is a crazy film, but she's really good in it. And everybody else in that movie is a A A-list star. Yeah, um, the Virgin Suicides again, a crazy movie, but it's crazy. so good. It's such yeah. a good, it's such a good film. And then taking um, risks, it- Melancholia. What? Oh my God, Melancholia! <laughs> oh, and yeah. it was the right time for that kind of thing, you oh, know. Like that was the time yeah. to do Melancholia. Um, but uh, speaking of who we might be in a rom com, Michael, <laughs> we like to start off each episode with a little segment called "Which Rom Com Hero Slash Heroine Are You Channeling?" Where we equate the experiences we've had this week with a famous rom com hero or heroine. And you guys, I can start us off this week. Um, this week, I'm channeling. Amy Poehler uh, from the rom-com They Came Together. Um, Yeah, I'm Charlie Molly. Um, Just because, you guys, I, as you both know, I've been dating for a bit, and I (laughs) uh, went on a first date uh, uh, this past weekend, and you guys, it went so well. (laughs) What? Oh my god! You um, can't tell them you have a podcast. <laughs> no, I literally cannot. Um, but yeah, I got like set up with this woman, and we were talking, and we were just, you know, that moment, and like uh, they came together where they're both like, "You like fiction books? Yeah, I like fiction <laughs> books." And, and you know, the real thing is like, you know, the joke is like, okay, they're connecting over something that everybody likes, but right. they just like each other so much, and the energy's so good that you know it doesn't really matter that they really don't have that much in common. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just like we just liked. We both like traveling. We both like <laughs> movies. We both like cake. Um, and so, you know, it was really, but you know, like solo traveling, like she really likes solo traveling. Mm. I really like solo traveling. I can't wait to solo travel together with her. Um, that's, not, that's, not, oh my um, God. that's not like a cliche thing. So much as like fiction books, you know, that is yeah. a cool thing. Or maybe it just means you both 
are good at self-care. Yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so feeling good and hopeful. You know, it's been a while since I've, you know, dating's hard. And it's like, oh, maybe this will turn into something or maybe I'll get ghosted. We'll see. But right now, I'm feeling no. hashtag hopeful. Wow. <laughs> Yay, Ali. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so, this is such a lovely story. Um, Thank you. Such a lovely sort of uh, the rare, <laughs> the rare good first date. What, yeah. a, what a treat. Yeah. Uh, but that's who I'm channeling this week. Mia, who are you channeling? Okay, a little bit more somber tone over here. Not even somber, just absolutely manic and destroyed. I am once again, unfortunately, channeling Michelle Pfeiffer in one fine day. Oh no! Um, she's oh, just no. sort of living like like a day from hell that won't end, where it's like that's a crazy keep, channel, right? And it's like she things keep popping up in a city that's like sort of famously hard to navigate. And you guys, I've been Michelle Pfeiffer in the day that is one fine day for about two and a half weeks now, and it just it's so funny. It's things. Things are so crazy that it's just kind of it's just comical at this point and it's just like okay this is i'm obviously supposed to learn a lesson here um but it's you know it's like i officially moved back back to la and mercury's in retrograde and say what That's you will right. if you don't believe it or not everything is breaking somebody like, like some i like somebody knocked my mirror the oh. back of my mirror off my car on the way down <gasps> here i like oh, yeah. i like i i hit something else with my car um uh I broke a Tupperware. Everything's breaking. And then uh, ev like every everyone is having emergencies around me, um, too, where uh, like just like all like, like so many of like my beloved friends um, sort of have like um, like at a friend whose dog had an emergency and they they needed some help with that. And I, of course, was like, yes, absolutely. I have another friend who's like who's like got really like violently ill all of a sudden and it's not COVID and she's and she's OK. But like just um, it's like it's like every few moments, something is like popping up that sort of like needs like kind of immediate attention. And then um, I'm also at the same time, I'm sort of like looking for day jobs. And then I decided you'd be like, oh, now would be a good time to reach out and do agent meetings. So there's always like the big <laughs> meeting that I got to prepare for <laughs> and that like my brain like cannot focus. And then what else? OK, and then. I was telling you guys I've been taking my dog to daycare in Pasadena I think Pasadena is the most annoying city to drive in I oh, don't know those highway exits what are is happening insane. in Pasadena it takes the like 40 minutes are, are badly timed they're they so crazy it takes 40 minutes to go like four blocks like it's and everything yeah. is big everything's too slightly too big and yeah. it just stresses me out I just feel like I'm on like a slow moving highway all the time in Pasadena so sort of like you know, Michelle Pfeiffer has taken care of her child and sort of everything just sort of is going crazy and she's got to make it to the big meeting. I've got like my uh, cute little dog that <laughs> I got to get to daycare <laughs> um, and um, like ne trying to navigate uh, Pasadena, which is just very hard to drive in. Um, so that's who I'm channeling, guys. But Mercury leaves retrograde in like a week or something. So hopefully oh, next God. week. Yeah, hopefully next week stuff will be a little, a little smoother, yeah. a little sort of like last three minutes of the movie michelle pfeiffer um yeah. so oh that's what gosh. i'm channeling michael who are you channeling well for mine i know you guys have been doing this podcast for a long time and so i want it to be someone that no one's ever said so oh i have gosh. three and hopefully <gasps> so the first one i'm guessing has been covered but I like it in terms of the iciness of jenna oh. rink from 13 going on 30 
Um, Ooh, love that is, that is That is the woman who we never really see, but the woman who she wakes up as, you know, and of course she's still like 13 in her body and, but everyone's confused because they're used to a certain person and I'm that person. The one who oh, like, like, like one who has no time for, you know, the <laughs> one who said, uh, go away, Mark Ruffalo, you know, and like hasn't <laughs> looked back. Um, yeah, like, you're like, her you're like evil Jenna Rink. Yeah, evil Jenna Rink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, no one's ever channeled evil Jenna Rink. I, we both have probably channeled sort of Jenna Rink, Jenna Rink. Yeah, but neither. Right. That's a first. Great. Okay. <laughs> and, and that I mean my backups were my backups were Miss Congeniality, Gracie Hart. Oh, okay. Yes. Because um what was that? Oh, just because she's busy. And also a yeah. little icy. And and I feel um I'm feeling icy, I suppose. And then oh. um I'm also kind of confused, like what is going on? Things are up in the air. And so funny that you mention Midsummer Night's Dream as far as my uh, the log line of that teen movie. I yeah. feel like Titania from Midsummer <gasps> Night's Dream. Michelle Pfeiffer, Titania. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Because oh, wow. she's confused after she yeah. takes that potion. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's definitely icy, but also very powerful and very um beautiful. Um, Michael, I'm noticing a trend. I'm hearing the word icy a lot. Not to, <laughs> not to pry, but uh, where's this uh, iciness coming from? It's it's honestly something I am uh, am striving for. I, I mm-hmm. like it. I want to be busy and yeah. to the point, direct. Um, you know, I don't think that former Jenna Rink was a bad person. She wasn't. She no. didn't need a change. Right. She would have been fine if she never married Mark Ruffalo. It's just a different life. <laughs> <laughs> different life. And, oh, of course she was going to, like, go against... Mm-hmm. She finds out that she has some, like, uh, you know, nasty agenda. But it's, you know, the the magazine world is so dog-eat-dog anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. But that guy who who she was all embarrassed about when he's stripping to Ice Ice Baby, you know, her <laughs> the hockey piece? player. Yes. Why? What's wrong with that? <laughs> Just <laughs> having that as a casual thing. Um, and I guess that's where I'm at a little bit is um, is not as serious with. But we're just not having time for time for it. And in that regard, I suppose I feel like um, the 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 characters at the beginning of the rom com because hey, I'm ready to I'm open to change. Uh, Actually, I, I don't know if I am. I don't know if I am. What a refreshing what a refreshing take on the trope channel. I appreciate I appreciate this so much. Being like, you know what, I'm the icy part of the rom com. That's where I'm at today. Yes. Because I feel you, Michael. I feel you. I feel a little icy myself. Um, <laughs> um uh, speaking of um iciness and I don't know, perhaps feeling a chill in the air. Ooh. Uh, ooh, ooh. I think it's a pretty good little transition into our movie discussion. Yes. So 
This week, we watched the 1990 film Ghost. In this film, Sam Wheat, played by Patrick Swayze, a banker, and Molly Jensen, played by Demi Moore, an artist, have fallen madly in love. However, when Sam is murdered by a friend, is murdered by a friend and corrupt <laughs> business partner, Carl Bruner, played by Tony Goldwyn, over a shady business deal, he is left to roam the earth as a powerless spirit. When he learns of Carl's betrayal, Sam must seek the help of psychic Oda Mae Brown, played by Whoopi Goldberg, to set things right and to protect Molly from Carl and his goons. Ghost was directed by Jerry Zucker and written by Bruce Joel Rubin. Fun fact, Ghost earned five nominations at the 63rd Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Original Score, Best Film Editing, and one for Best Supporting Actress, Whoopi Goldberg, and Best Original Screenplay. Um, Which is all crazy. Right. Which so is crazy. Crazy. Like, not whoopee. Like, I got Oda Mae Brown is, I was like, I well, I also sort of just like dropped my pen and was like, oh my God, right, when right. we first saw Oda Mae Brown. But yeah. yeah, it's it is crazy to think, yeah, that it's crazy that they didn't win five Oscars. Oh Am I right, you guys? <laughs> yes. And um, but now before we um, Michael, we like to kick this off by um, just getting a little bit of your background. Um, Michael, what's what's your relationship with rom-coms like? And um, what's your relationship with Ghost like? Had you seen Ghost before? I I had, um, but I was I was young, so it was my first time really seeing it as an mm-hmm. adult. And my history with rom-coms. Um, sorry, we might hear some squeaks. I thought I gave. <laughs> Uh, I think all the dog toys I have have a little squeaky in them. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I had a view of rom-coms that they were, you know, a little syrupy, but mm. Ghost is, is, well, it's not a rom-com. Um, but, but in a way, it, it is. In a way, yeah, it yeah, okay. is. That makes more sense to me now. That, <laughs> <laughs> You know, that female sheriff had a funny line. She goes, there are oh, ghosts yeah. roaming around. I'm never undressing again. <laughs> so I think it's a rom-com. Um, but no, I think that there are some brilliant romantic comedies and some really bad ones. And they are entertaining for different reasons. But I'm not as versed as you guys. That's for sure. Right. No, no, no. But that makes sense. And that is often, you know, that is often sort of the rap that rom-coms get. And yeah, and sometimes it earns it and sometimes it doesn't. And that is sort of, that's sort of why Ali and I are here. We're here to say, wait a minute, there's more to this story. And we're just always trying to prove to people what's, what's the best one by going through a lot of the good ones. Um but ghost um but ghost was a was a really great pick because yeah for um it's a it's like a multi-genre multi-genre bender it transcends Uh, genre yeah exactly ali have you seen ghost before what's your relationship to ghost been like okay so i have not seen ghost before which is honestly (gasps) insane because i love crazy i know i love crazy because of swayze it's Swayze. Um, <laughs> it's crazy because of Swayze, exactly, Mia. Because I fucking love Patrick Swayze exactly. so much. Dirty exactly. Dancing is one of my <gasps> favorite. I mean, I think my <sighs> favorite film and rom com of all time. It's so good. It's so good. <gasps> I think he's so incredible. Um, I think he's so he's such a great actor. I loved this movie. 
I love this movie. I do think it's a rom-com. There are many <laughs> funny parts. There's a lot of, there's like some oh, humor whoopee, that's aged. Whoopee, whoopee. Whoopee, 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 whoopee. It's so funny. Don't forget also that really weird elevator scene that was honestly very triggering to watch where Carl oh my God. and Sam yeah. are in an elevator yeah. Yeah. and Carl's talking about having a contagious disease. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, wow, this has not aged well since 2020. Oh my um, God. But uh, they do a very funny bit where they're like in an elevator packed, you know, and it's like it's packed. to establish their mischievous rapport. Yeah, they're just two yes. mischievous friends. Um, and I was shocked no one said anything. They all were just like, oh, <laughs> just looking uneasy, pulling their shirt collars. But it's like, yeah. I, I would hope that I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you can't show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mia, have you seen Ghost before? Um, yes. Okay. yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was in Ghost. I saw Ghost a lot when I was a kid. Um, and this was also the first time I've sat down and watched it start to finish as an adult. Like I've seen it in the background a lot. Um, I've seen like the beginning a ton. Uh, but yeah, I was, um, and I was not disappointed. It was exactly this, this year I'm really into, like, obviously I'm sort of, my October is like, I'm sort of going through this like stressful period and, um, uh, but I love Halloween and I love spooky stuff, but I don't want to be too afraid because I'm already stressed. So this sort of hits that Mm -hmm. perfect zone for me of like there I loved it's like in addition to the romantic element being super strong and the comedic element being super strong right the romance between them so freaking sexual and oh kinetic amazing god. amazing oh my god and then and then Whoopi Goldberg's so funny her and Sam's dynamic is so funny and then to have like the thing that struck me the most this viewing was like the commitment to like exploring sort of the like the rules of ghost world in this movie was like mm-hmm. so oh sweet yeah. and I loved it and it just reminded me of like a simpler time where it's yeah. like yeah a lot of this movie we're gonna be like wait can I go through a door no can I you know it's like we're gonna like really explore the logic here um and I really appreciated that. I just felt like they took it very seriously and there was no like irony. And it was just like, I really, and that's what I love. Cause again, I don't want to be freaked out, but I want to be like committed to a spooky reality. So I adored that. And also I thought it was so funny how it reminded me. I, I feel like I always forget. Um, Cause what year was this? This was 1990. 1990. Yeah. Early so this 90s. is like early 90s, a decade in which I did grow up. And it's like, you forget how much more like religious sort of culture in general kind of was at that time. Like the fact that it's like that, like heaven and hell, like are oh an element yeah. in yes. this. And it's, yes. you're just one of those things where you're like, yeah, in that time period, of course they would be because, there, yeah, like there wasn't, I feel like this, this type of sort of story has been like explored a ton since then. And I feel like that's like way less of a, element unless it's something that's like specifically seeking to explore religion so i was also like oh that's so interesting that that's just such a casual like uh oh but here come the other guys a given. yeah a given. <laughs> it's just a given yeah so i thought that just was it no was like, redemption for willie like we don't know where he yeah. came from how he ended up in that position yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. it's like carl seems sort of like he chose his his sort of fate yeah but- i'm okay with that yeah, but um, but I loved it. I loved it. I think I love. Oh, there's. I just get. I just. You know. You know me. I love. Like you know. I love so I'm married axe murder so much because it's just such a beautiful bend, like blend of a rom com and like a, a different yeah. genre. And so this was a really fun experience for me, and I love it. And um, yeah, and I I just also love all the twists and turns. I think it's such a fun ride. Yeah, um, I I think what's like really fun about this movie 
I was reading uh, an an interview with the writer. I don't remember on what website. Oops. Uh, but it was interesting. He was um, uh, he was inspired by Hamlet. There's like this opening line oh. in Hamlet where, you know, or that opening scene in Hamlet where the ghost is like, Hamlet. Or Hamlet's dad is like, hey, revenge, you know, yeah. get some revenge for me, Hamlet. Um, and he's and the writer's like, oh, what if the what if I like wrote a movie from the ghost perspective asking for help to get revenge? And so it's like, I think what what made this like what I like the spooky element I liked is like it was from the ghost's perspective. And I thought that yes. was really fun. Um, yes, Ali, like this, this was like what of the a movie that for the first time in a long time made me be like, you know, like, um, I don't know. I just feel like, again, like this is a topic that Sensen has been explored a lot, but probably not at the time. But there was a simplicity in this and having it from the ghost perspective where for the first time I was like, wait, how freaky would that be? <laughs> like if yeah. I if I was in like nobody could see me and I like was like still stuck here. And I, 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 I just love that so much. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was just so simple and great. And, and that how, like, and how he sees other, I really liked how, like, because it was from his perspective, too, it made it more comedic than spooky. It was, like, still spooky, um, but, like, comedic in the way where it's like, oh, there are other ghosts around. And they're all like, hey, you're right. here, too. And then there's yeah. that weird kind of, like, antisocial train ghost that's, like, my Terrifying. train. Terrifying. <laughs> oh, my God. He scared me so much when I was a kid. Yeah, he scared me more than any other <laughs> part of the film. Yeah, because it's, like, out of nowhere. Like, Get off! <laughs> that was, yeah. And then, and then yeah. uh, how does he get endeared to him i don't know but then suddenly after he has that like i don't know what the trope is of like the master like helping the yeah um, the protege or whatever like it's the moment in kill bill when uh uma thurman goes up to japan right and like truly studies yeah. with that man um, and she learns the five finger yes so that kind of moment in the subway station um learning to move things ended with with Swayze just being like, uh, do you miss cigarettes? And he was like, you don't know me. <laughs> just yeah, like, that felt like, yeah, like a slightly a under, like under polished, yes. <laughs> like little bit. But, um, and I also liked that. I just, again, it felt like that raw 90s, like, who cares? That was another thing. I was obsessed with how slow this movie was. It's I so loved how, how much time everything got. Um, yes. Like we just spend so much time on that. Um, and I, and I love that. And I kind of miss that. And then, Oh my gosh, I had the same concern where the first bit of the movie, I'm like, you know, this is pretty serious. I don't know if it's going to get funny. And then we get to Otome Brown. Oh, in yeah. What is like, one of my favorite character introductions like I've ever seen um, in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like her fraudulent psychic business um, and her little like dog and pony show she does is so funny. And I also think it's just so genius that then she's giving a fraudulent psychic reading and then starts hearing Sam. Yeah. Um, and I, right. I thought right. that it was so good. It's so fun. What you got it because Swayze advocated for her. <gasps> yes, that's right. I love that. Yeah. And he was right. Cause I think, I think one of the reasons she got the Oscar now that I'm thinking about it is I was absolutely blown away about, uh, uh, uh from her possession scenes. 
like when she her took on. Scenes were so good. They were so good. I was like, I feel like a bad actor watching Whoopi Goldberg do this because she was mm. so good at like embodying Patrick Swayze and like the commitment. The commitment was fantastic. The um, I completely agree, Mia. The other actors that were um up for the uh Patrick uh Swayze role were Harrison Ford. It was basically everybody. Harrison Ford, Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Paul Hogan, Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Klein, Alec Baldwin, and Tom Cruise. Uh, oh they my were all God. up for the part. Uh, Sam all the Wee. men. <laughs> uh, literally any white man in Hollywood uh, was up for this role. Um, and Bruce Willis was offered it, but he turned it down. And then later <gasps> called himself a knucklehead for turning it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then him and denise were married i wonder if they were married at the time no maybe no oh to me did oh oh yeah <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> Denise, really confidently yes demi Moore. sorry yes demi and bruce um i well, am so I glad say, they were with patrick swayze yeah i i his skin his face yeah. looked like well, I guess it was symbolic of the time. He didn't look like he's ever born as yet. Yeah, well, Michael, okay. We're living in a time where everyone's airbrushed and filtered. Right. You know, this is right. a real man with a real face and, ah, um, and a great bone structure. And can I just say, there was a his back. Oh my gosh, there was a scene uh, and there was like a shot <laughs> where the camera like slowly goes up and down his back in a very similar way oh, to Dirty Dancing. Yes. And I just oh like really appreciated that. Uh, I appreciated that shot. Um, I appreciated that whole uh, I, uh, I think the co- I, th- I think the country just sort of owes a debt of gratitude to the first sort of like twenty minutes of um of that movie. Absolutely, yeah. the hot scene. <sighs> I, was, I mean, how many times have I listened to Unchained Melodies since last night? Uh, a lot, a few, definitely least a few. eight for me. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been a lot. I die for the ceramic scenes it's iconic it's it's a yeah it's absolutely like a genre defining scene the only thing about it is one time i had a ceramics teacher loves ceramics in high school and college and i and when i got to college the ceramic i was like in the ceramic studio and i was like um like using sanding down like a wet clay pot that was kind of dry and the woman was like oh my god you can't do that in here it's extremely dangerous to like breathe that in and i was like okay no one told me that ever but i was also like she can't have that in her house i was like she can't be breathing in that stuff all the time um anyways i'm neurotic especially this week well (laughs) they were all filling themselves up with asbestos in the first minute of the film when they were like upstairs maybe that's where she puts them you're right. Yeah, maybe there's probably just like a toxic area of the right. what is right. now right. I read a ten million dollar loft in New York. That's now wow. costs literally oh in that God. specific loft you can buy for ten million dollars now. Um but um but I still that neuroses aside about ceramic particles <laughs> and inhaling them. Uh, a lot of a lot of ne- a lot of ne- like neurotic energy around what we're inhaling during this movie. Yeah. But I um that scene, you guys, is so good. It Why was, is that scene I want to so say it good? was like phallic in a way, but it's not. It was like if there is oh, some like, break root, like like yeah, sexual in in the um the molding of it. But then it kind of reminded me of like 
fisting. Yeah. Yeah. And I did have a moment where I was like, I can't believe you just ruined that pot. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, my God, that pot was so pretty. Um, Right. Right. Are you not more mad? Yeah. Exactly. But there is something that some people like find ceramics like really horny. Like my ceramics teacher in high school, I remember like our first day, she was like, (gasps) she was like, yeah, you know, you can build stuff. You can make teapots. She's like, you know, or then you can sort of, you know, make all the fun curves of the human body and all that like sort of stuff. And she like sort of went on like a little sensual tangent. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) I was like, what, what is this? And it's yeah. Like, look, obviously like my neuroses won't allow me to find ceramic sexual, um, but (laughs) I appreciate, I appreciate it from afar. <laughs> Maybe it's something that it's like very like tactile yes, yes. and m- moist and oh, you know what it is? We talked oh. about this on yeah. the it's complicated episode. You're teaching someone something, and the ones where you have to sort of assume a, a spooning type posture are mm-hmm. always very sexy, right? So oh, like yeah. golf, golf, baseball. or like baseball. Yeah, like oh, let me show you by putting my arms around you. Like that's yeah. very. Yes. Oh yeah, it's oh. very uh, and that song, which um the song became like super popular after. Like it was it was already it already existed and then they like sort of like um had to like re release the single. Yeah, <laughs> and it became extremely popular. <laughs> that's so funny. And that's what Patrick Swayze can do to a song, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Um as we saw in Dirty Dancing, as we saw in this movie. I didn't know mm. that he um had passed away. I forgot about that. I yeah. know. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. He seemed like a really like it seems like a really nice guy, like very intense and very like passionate about his art, but like really, really lovely. Um yeah. it's so sad. I cried when I found out that of he had passed away. In two thousand nine? Yeah. I well I no no, because I it, I didn't realize he was he passed away until like mm, 2012. That's <laughs> and I remember because it was in college and I was like in my dorm room and I looked it up and I I just finished watching Dirty That's Dancing. So I was like, sad. I wonder what Patrick Swayze's up to. And then I saw that he passed away and then I cried. Um, oh man, in my and then dorm we, room. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's sad and it's it is sort of beautiful that that he has this piece of art in which he sort of like mm-hmm. reflects a lot on death and i find the spirituality of the scripts mm-hmm. um you know what i i i'm finding myself right now like about to claim the the screenwriter's words as my own but mm-hmm. i don't even agree with that listen he was a spiritual guy and he said that like he was he felt honored to write something that had so much spiritualism in it and i was like eh. like it's just a ghost like i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't call the like hamlet's dad's ghost spiritual you know and right. it is kind yeah. of the same the same uh archetype or it's the same idea and yeah. uh but I was pretty inspired by the this Oscar-winning screenwriter because he had um, he'd gone all over Greece, um, oh. Tibet, India, so many places to meditate and um, uh, understand about life and death a little more. After he had dropped out of Tish because he didn't 
or maybe he graduated, but he stops writing because he didn't like all of the um, formula and structure that he thought was being like shoved down his throat. And so oh. after after that, he found some like spiritual mentor. I think he was very popular. I think his name was like Rumi or something in New York. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And from that, then supported his wife while she was getting her uh, doctorate or something in Indiana. Moved there. And oh my God. it was there as he was supporting his wife and, uh, and <gasps> living in middle America that he wrote ghost and Jacob's ladder. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Two very spiritual kind of films. Yes. Jacob's ladder very much more so. Yeah. Wow. The, yeah. And, and oh, Bruce I, Joel Rubin. Wow. <laughs> Bruce Joel Rubin. What a real one. And I do feel like that does come through in certain elements of the movie. Like that scene with the penny was yeah. so beautiful. It did give me chills. It did make me tear up. Like there, I did feel, yeah, like even though I agree with you, Michael, where this felt like a little more black and white genre, like fun vibes, there was this like undercurrent. And I think to me, it was also, I think it like showed up to me in the way like with the seriousness um, and lack of irony in which they explored that reality yeah. that felt very serious. Like they were just taking it very seriously. Yeah. And that did, I, I, that is, I think a little bit special and something we don't always see in this type of yeah. genre. Yeah. A moment that I found really beautiful was when the um, first off the, the, you know, the green screen is, was obviously noticeable but i was so okay <laughs> with the I special effects of, yeah. of the um once people died first the little like shadow goblins i yeah thought, i thought that still you know slapped and yeah. then mm-hmm. the hospital uh the patient when he died and that thing where he like became this like greek universal drawing figure like floating out of his body into the ether. Like that was so beautiful and and simple. And, and then of course the like last image where you see all those people in the back um, when he's going to heaven or, or a better place. Um, I thought it was like, I, I didn't find it corny and I thought it could still have an impact if it was in a film today. Yeah, I agree, Michael. I thought the special effects, like, while you could, you know, they aren't as, you know, polished as they are today, they still really worked for me. Especially those shadow goblins. Very scary. They really upset me. Oh my gosh. You guys, Um, they they really upset my dog. My dog was (laughs) sleeping like a baby and then woke up and was so afraid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I I completely agree. And then just to circle back a little bit about talking about this movie's tone and how like, yeah, there's definitely like a spiritual element to it. And like there's like a gravity to it. Like it's what's really interesting is that like Jerry Zucker, the director and his background comes from like movies like Airplane and Naked Gun, like these very, mm. um, very like corny, corny comedies. That's what he's like um and like parodies and like that's what he's kind of known for and this was like his first he was like he wasn't looking to like step into drama or anything he was just like yeah i'll just direct him i'll i'll direct any movie anybody gives me um which honestly jerry that's the right attitude for hollywood you just take what you can get man um, (laughs) yeah that's where some of the humor and like kind of like 
you know, those like that, like elevator scene. That's probably something Jerry added. He like really helps Bruce with the rewrite and like structuring mm. his screenplay to be more like an actual screenplay and less like a um, morality play. So oh my in gosh. The end, in the end, structure was a, a, a helpful thing for Bruce. Uh, but. Yeah, and I will say the positive view on that, which I adore, it's like I love a lot of my favorite movies, specifically a lot of my favorite rom-coms are when like an artist explodes like a story that's important to them and is serious. And then like a very smart producer yeah. um, helps then put that through the filter of a genre in in a structured way. Like that's like a lot of like, I like that was, <laughs> I always use the example of 27 dresses. Um, but there's like a lot, there's a lot, there's sort of like more reputable movies where like that is the case. And I just yeah. think it's so special when people collaborate like that. And then you get something that's both um, familiar, but um, artistic and special. That That's what happened with pretty woman. Pretty woman was yes. a very gritty. It was the original screenplay was a very gritty look at like, um, uh, yeah, it's sex work and that was happening in LA and kind of like, I think the main character ends up dying in it. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts character ends up dying, but then the studio system and some like savvy producers like restructured it and like made it more like uplifting and, and showed, you know, a sex worker, a three-dimensional sex worker. Um, and, and sometimes a movie needs that. It's like, yeah, yeah, like I, I think that that shows, um, yeah, I feel like that sort of lends to like the specialness of this film, um, is it is like a drama and it explores spirituality and it's spooky and it's romantic and it's like also like a legal sort of like crime thriller vibe. Yes. I love the mystery aspect. Right. It's the, I feel like the ways in which the, I found out like it was this, I was so jealous, Allie, that you got to see it for the first time because I'm like the way in which the twists are revealed are so good. Yeah. Like I love oh, yeah. like the way in which you find out Carl's bad. And it's in that 90s way where they tip their hand early. They let you know something's wrong with Carl, but you just don't know what it is. And then uh, it just gets worse and worse. I love that. Oh, I knew Carl killed uh, uh, killed Sam right away. As soon as... <laughs> As soon as there was that opening scene, I was like, what's that third wheel guy doing there? And I was like, oh, I bet he kills him. Because why else would he be in that scene of them moving into their new apartment together? Wow, that's great. um, Not to to be like, I'm the smartest person in the room, but... I remember I watched um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village um, when I was young and was just uh, thrown for a whirl with the big twist. Yeah. Um, and I, Allie had not seen it. And so we watched it together, <laughs> like maybe three years ago. And she turns to me like 20 minutes and it's just like, is the big secret that it's actually 2019 and they're just uh, doing a little <laughs> role play in the woods. And I'm like, nope. Like, I, I just, I didn't want to confirm. I just wanted her to, to as if that would like maybe make her forget about it and then and then be surprised um but were you ali or did you not believe him oh i i i was like oh maybe i'm wrong um yeah <laughs> but then i was very much right um but yeah that's my i mean i'm so annoying to watch movies with like any kind of because i always like to guess 
the the yeah. twists instead of letting them just unfold naturally. I'm always like, oh, Same. let me see if I can guess it. And so like, I'll just guess out loud and it's really, um, you know, it ruins the experience. <laughs> I should just let no, the storytelling unfold naturally before me instead of being like, that's weird. Why is that in there? Oh, I wonder if it's because of blank. Um, so... Yeah. Oh my God. That's no, I get it. I get the urge. You guys. So before we move on to this, uh, the section where we sort of prove whether or not ghost is a rom-com by discussing its tropes, does anyone have any final thoughts they want to throw in? on Well, I'm just, um, I looked into the legacy of this film and, uh, I don't know if you guys know, they tried to really stretch out the franchise into a Broadway musical. Oh no! no. Really? You didn't know? <gasps> no, I didn't know this. The musical had <gasps> a home on Broadway. It made it to Broadway. I think it just um, oh was God. one of those things that didn't have like an out of town or off Broadway tryout. It was just like we're just going to put this on Broadway because it's one of those disgusting like cash grab shows. Yeah. And, yeah. Um. I looked up some videos uh, for it to, to listen to some songs. And there's yeah. like the, the trailer that Play-Doh makes, you know, of just like different Broadway clips of the, yeah. you know, Broadway cast. And um, it's just silly, really. There's there's really good digital graphics. Um, but for the... It, it's, it's a... It's one of those pop musicals almost except it's not even songs that like are iconic it's original music which bruce tubin wrote the lyrics for and he also wrote the book for the musical but um Mm. yeah in general it was just like people were like why why um (laughs) and, and there was like the the fun numbers was like you know an entire song of otome being like what would I do with $4 million? And then like, <laughs> and then like, you know, the digital uh, projection of just Aruba, uh, jet setting, uh, opulence, whatever. And she's just like dancing and singing a gospel choir song, of course. And so, um, yeah, they just really tried there, but it's interesting because musicals like fame didn't, go to Broadway like they they were yeah. not considered Broadway worthy and yet this thing was I don't know but there is a phenomenal performance of the moment that you know how uh, Demi is looking up on the couch like very soon after Sam dies and she's like where are you like sometimes I talk to you no 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 like I thought of you today and yeah, I yeah. Think, whatever it's just one thing. And then, and then Sam goes like, why can't you see me or something like that? But anyway, that one moment yeah. is given an entire ballad. Um, <laughs> and the lyrics are like, I wanted to listen to you today. And I try, I try. And oh, there's this God. high schooler from a Christian school in Florida. That's just it. Very well. Oh my god! 
and I recommend what's their YouTube what's their YouTube channel um I I guess keywords I would look for are yeah Yeah. Florida Florida Christian Christian ghost Ghost. musical (laughs) musical well I know what I'm doing tonight um yeah the sound is really good as well oh my gosh okay yeah well I'm definitely checking that out I'm always uh I saw a musical adaptation of Amelie, one of my favorite movies. Oh, right. wow. So not only did I have really horrible food poisoning when I saw it, also just so disappointing. It's so, it's uh, crazy. You're right, Michael. They're just like these cash grabs that like, why are we making this? Like what, right. how, why, how's this story better told in a musical? I don't know. Um, but that's so interesting. That's um, that's fascinating. They also they I really know. tried to just like run with Ghost then because they also tried to make a pilot in 2013 that never went oh. anywhere. And then oh my gosh, Japan and then Japan. So they made their own Ghost and then they made a sequel. Oh. <laughs> and it's really popular. Oh. Yeah, there's a popular there's a sequel to Ghost in Japan. And it's really popular. I'm glad, um, that, Japan, see. I'm I'm glad see. that Japan is stealing some of our. Um, uh, what is it called? Intel IP content. Yeah. Yes. Cause we because steal. So yeah, so we steal much. so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just egregious. It's like, Radio, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh. and we just always do it slightly worse, but the ring was great. I love the ring. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but that's a scary movie. I probably can't even watch that now. Oh um, God. I've never watched it. I'm too scared. I, oh my God. Will you watch it? Scary. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I, I, yeah. I can watch scary movies, but only if I'm with someone else. I can't do it by yeah. myself. Yeah. That's why. That's why it's like, yeah. There's a specific type of spooky you can watch on your own, and Ghost is that type of spooky. Uh, yeah. Midnight Mass yeah. was that type of spooky. I thought that was fine okay. um, to watch alone. Hill House. No, you couldn't watch Hill House alone. <laughs> um, but um, Allie, any final ghost thoughts? Yeah, I do have a final thought. Um, I want to talk uh, just really briefly about Demi Moore's haircut. And mm, yeah. number one, how how I just want to talk about how dangerous it is. Um, <laughs> you see this haircut and you see it on Demi Moore and she looks fucking incredible. So beautiful. And you might be right. thinking, oh, I if I get this haircut, I will look like Demi Moore. Um, and I'm just really grateful that I've already had this haircut and have and I looked like trash in it and I had it for way too long. Uh, had some, had some, uh, rep- had an old manager be like, this look looks really good on you. And I was looking through some old photos recently. I was like, Oh my God, how did I let this happen for years? I had this haircut for years. And so I just want to say to Everybody out there who sees ghosts for the first time and sees Demi Moore's haircut, don't don't get it. Or yeah. else you will shed as many tears as she did in that film, which was oh, yeah. many. Exactly. <laughs> and, oh. and I and I honestly think that's a perfect segue into tropes because I think sort of the misconception here is you're like, maybe I could have Demi Moore's haircut. No. Demi no. Moore is a manic pixie ceramicist who lives in a $10 million loft. So no, you can't have anything she has. You can't have anything she has. So it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. And that's the first term I'm counting. We've got manic pixie dream girl, Demi Moore, I feel like sort of does not have a ton going on in her own sort of personal life in this film. Am I wrong? No. No. What does she do besides me? Oh, she also, she kind of wants to be in a, 
gallery member. She's like, oh, I'm going to have some pots in a gallery. Right, right. right. To which and Patrick Swayze sort of problematically so responds. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's only what, what I care that matters. It's like, I, I was like, is that cute? It doesn't seem cute. I feel like it it's supposed like to they, seem cute. It feels like they try to touch on that in terms of him being the thinker, you know, and just not um, as uh, in tune with like emotional fulfillment or whatever. Right. And that is represented through the, you know, saying of ditto. And they, they, yes. that is that is something they try to jam in there as well. But yeah, on face value, yes. that is a manipulative thing to say. Right. It feels a little like, bit. Don't worry like, about okay. this gallery. I love it. So it's fine. Yeah. And it's a bit like, okay, well, that sort of seems to be like her only want in the film. This outside relationship. <laughs> so maybe let her have this one. Um, Literally. Sam. Um, so we've got Manic Pixie Dreams for Emesis. Don't get her hair cut. Um, we um, have busy businessmen who are... Tr- I love this so much. They're like, oh, yeah. I've got to transfer $900,000 before 10 a.m. The Japanese businessmen are here. Oh, no. It's like yeah. the most base level specifics. I adore it so much. I'm still so confused about what Carl was doing. I still like don't laundering get money. I think like he put more Just, money in the accounts, and then yes, he needed to <laughs> get that money back. Exactly, what's <laughs> happening there? It's like kind of like you know in Breaking Bad. You know, there's that scene where Saul kind of like describes what money laundering is. He's like, you take your dirty drug money and you put it in you know, this car wash and then Oh, he was the cleaning profit. it. Yeah, he was cleaning. Oh, I so think he maybe took a bunch money. of money and he put it in the account. So he was like, there's way too much money in these accounts. And, and, it's and, he was and cleaning the dirty it. money was coming from the like the higher powers who we never really saw, but he's yeah. on the phone with sometimes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well that makes more sense. But um again, <laughs> yeah, busy businessman tropey, tropey dude. Yeah. Um We've got cut to the next morning after sex. Even I didn't realize the sexy ceramic scene. We still sort of just cut to the next morning after sex. Um, we did. Yeah. yeah very rom com Um, Age gap. These two are 10 years apart. That's fine. Oh, yeah. They're both very hot. But you know, that just can't be every single rom-com ever. It just can't be every <laughs> oh. single rom-com. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Carl's good on paper guy. Sort of like seems like yeah. a wor- wormy Carl blue as, blood type. Yeah. I had Carl as uh Best man, best friend in the wings. You know what I mean? He's yeah, just like, that's right. That's he's right. like kind of waiting for Patrick Swayze's character Sam to die, and then he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. hey, I've always been here, Molly, in the wings, thinking you're cute, but also I right. need Sam's passwords <laughs> to but his also, computer." You had maybe a better body than Swayze. Oh my god, right. he was so hot, like yeah. distractingly hot. Where I was oh like, "Oh my gosh, oh, I wish I didn't." He's so handsome. I yeah. kind of like want to see him. Fuck to me. Yeah, I kind of want to see them get together a little bit. Oops, mm-hmm. what happened? Oh, I'm confused. Hey. Just like to me. <laughs> oh yes. my god. Also, so wild. He, I didn't realize he's the president on Scandal. So he also probably made a deal <gasps> with the devil because that man doesn't age. Like, how is that possible? That 30 years wow. later, he's still like really hot as the president. I don't know. You know, I don't wow. know. That's good but casting, right? I know it's oh, it's it's I love Ugh. it. And then I think um, he's like in a frat, his character and go. I agree. 
I, he you know? seemed, yeah, he seemed, he looks like textbook fratty. It's so weird how there's oh, like, yeah. a, there's like a face type I would cast mm-hmm. as a frat boy. And that's the face yeah. type. He looks like, it's like yeah. blue blood, like looks like he hasn't worked a lot. Like, you know, he's right. just, he's kind of like a toe. Face. Exactly. Exactly yes. like a toe. Yeah. Um, and then that's, and that's what I have, you know, like these, these, uh, like rom-coms, especially earlier on are sort of like, um, overwhelmingly and irritatingly like um, heteronormative and white. So this film is is pretty white. It is, um, and then you could see Otome as like the sort of like traditional, also like negative trope of the black best friend. But I did think that Otome had like a lot of dimensionality and that they even like explored race a little bit. I, and I thought it was like oh, a yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, uh, yeah I thought yeah. I didn't. It didn't feel reductive to me in yeah. this movie. Uh, but it just has to be said, sort of as the only, as the only yeah. like non-white character, as one of right. the main main characters. Um, but yeah, so those are the ones that I had. Um, Allie, what did you get? Um, I had, uh, I, this is a bit of a stretch, but uh, Otome had a bit of a makeover where like she like had oh, that yeah. incredible pink suit where she had to like go downtown and like, yeah. so she had to put on in, in like a miscongeniality kind of way, had to like put on a new outfit and like, no, that, that right. counts. Absolutely. Um, and this is like usually probably something you would see more from like the like romantic heroine instead of like the uh, the kind of like side character. But Whoopi had a moment that was like very rom-com where she emptied out her purse and her purse was just full of shit that I love. I love any kind of moment where like a character just empties their bag out on a desk. Um, oh, that is, oh, my God. Wait, that's like a legitimate rom-com thing. That yeah. is, we've talked about that, right? Where you just like spill the contents of your purse and it just looks crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, that counts. That absolutely counts. Um, and then I have, okay, this is another stretch. Um, but I have, uh, well, no, this isn't a stretch. I have your crush teaching you something. Uh, you, oh, we have that twice in this movie. Uh, Patrick Swayze or Sam like learns how to do clay stuff or pottery from uh, Molly. And then I'll even say there was a kind of another moment that happened where the ghost kind of taught um, the train ghost taught Sam how to move stuff with his, uh, with his yeah. uh, powers. Yeah. Um, I have a, uh, uh, do, 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 do spill stuff. Why do I have spill stuff? Oh, did someone get something on? The, oh, the oh the guy, the the wormy guy, the, the president from Scandal, Carl spills something on his shirt. The coffee. Why do I? Oh yeah, spilling something stuff. takes off his shirt. Yeah. Oh, maybe I was just writing that down because it was really hot when he took off his <laughs> shirt. I don't also, know. <laughs> what a crazy tactic! Oh, I spilled hot coffee on me. Let me just get naked for a moment. Do you want another yeah. shirt? No. It'll dry soon. Like what? No, yeah. it won't. <laughs> I literally wrote spill stuff on purpose. Dot dot dot. Gasp. So I guess I really like that moment. Um, uh, but sometimes quirky people spill stuff on themselves. That was like a little bit different though, because it was on purpose. Oh, and the last one, um, is uh, is that what else? Is that all you have, Allie? I think that's. Oh, oh, I have montage of the good times. It's just kind of right. sad because it's right at the beginning of the the movie. Um, but it's kind of like them moving in and there's like a montage with like the music 
And they're like, totally. Oh, no. And that leads me to the next one, Allie. Huge ass Mm. apartment. That's too big. I mean, he's he's a rich banker, but too big. Too big. That's huge. Um, Um, but yep, yep. That those are that's what I have. Amazing. And Michael, did you get any that we didn't catch? Um, great question. I didn't. Um, Perfect. Well, I suppose that. Oh, in a way, maybe um, the, you know, how I identify as icy currently. And then (laughs) usually the trajectory that character makes is like realizing, you know, that they do have love inside of themselves. Um, That that journey could be somewhat parallel to Swayze's like, saying I love you you know just realizing that because he was a little bit of an icy lover before he was great in bed but mm-hmm. the, um, <laughs> wasn't the, saying the L word a whole lot no I love that reversal yeah wait I'm gonna count that and I love that re- even even in the beginning when I knew it was coming you know she's like you only ever say ditto I was like this whole movie I'm just gonna be so excited for when she says ditto <laughs> yeah um, I love um, that so much I don't know if this is a trope. Could be dead parent because I'm wondering. It and is. I think, okay, great. His mom. <gasps> I think that he saw her at his funeral. That oh, woman. that woman who waved to him in the blue. Yes. Let's count it. Oh. Yes. Oh. And it explains why in bed. Um, when she was like, what's wrong? And he said something like so broad, like, I just am not, I just don't know what's real. And like, I, uh, you know, I know we have a new apartment and I love you so much. Or he didn't say that, but, um, I'm just used to things like leaving or something. He had abandonment issues. Oh yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think that his parent died because i mean i i suspected I, something in his childhood or earlier than demi and then that graveyard woman i was like why else would she be there why else would she be there and there's like a close-up of like the tombstone that she's like walking behind and i wonder if you looked at the name on the tombstone if it was like it was sweet. if it had yeah the his yeah. last name on it that's interesting that's way better than what i thought was i was like oh it's so funny that <laughs> i was like i was like that's my sort of quirky funny like like death thing that I like is just like just just crazy dead people just constantly waving at him. So yeah, I like this better. I like, I like this take better. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Amazing. So that's gonna take us to fourteen. Okay. Trips. Not bad. Um, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Low, but not bad. Low, not low. Um. And now that we've counted up the tropes, it is time to rate this rom com. We here at PSL of Rom-Coms have a very special list of our top five horror rom-coms. However, it only has four horror rom-coms. So the question is, do we think Ghost deserves a spot on this list by default? Or do we ghost ghost? As of now, in order, our top four horror rom-coms are in first place, So I Married an Axe Murderer. In second place, Jennifer's Body. In third place, Warm Bodies. And in fourth place, Shaun of the Dead. So do we think Ghost should go on the list? And if so, where should it go? I, I believe I have not seen Warm Bodies or Shaun of the Dead, but I highly agree with the top two films. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. Thank you. And 
I I mean, if there's an open slot, we could give it a give goes to chance. But yeah. you know, this is a living document that it might be booted. You know. I think Ghost deserves a spot on the list for sure. I'm just trying to figure out where to put it. I think it's a yeah, rom-com and it's spooky enough. Definitely. There's yeah, a spiritual I, I, element though. It's not, it's not as, um, mm-hmm. as grotesque or, um, gimmicky in its horror as, so I married an axe murderer or Jennifer's body. Um, right. There is a bit yeah, of more though. It's more like, earnest. like think about how um you know Carl gets impaled with glass. <laughs> and sure. think about those demons. I think those spooky oh hell demons are pretty and the, scary. And the murderer gets like pinched in the cars. Yeah. I also oh, yeah. love, I think it's so freaking, I, it must have been so amazing to be in the theater in 1990 and like not know what the movie was about and have Patrick Swayze be like running after the robber and then turn around and be like, I didn't get the wallet and be like, oh, my body's on the ground. Like that, yeah. that was such a dope, that was such a dope reveal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, it's not the spookiest. It's still that type of spooky that I like where I can watch alone and still like sleep well in my room. <laughs> so I too want it on the list. I, I absolutely hear what you're saying. But I too want it on the list and I want it to go between Jennifer's body and Warren bodies. And that's where I want it to go. I um, agree. I agree. Do you agree? I, okay. I, I, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. I, right, I yeah, feel I like, like Ghost yeah, is maybe a better... I think Ghost is probably a better movie then well actually i don't know if that's true i really like jennifer's body and so i married yeah that's where it's just like in a way just like less niche you know yeah 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 totally yeah and it's like i feel like so i married an axe murder jennifer's body um both i think so i married an axe murder is super special i think it's just a perfect combo of two genres i think jennifer's body is just like a really iconic special film um that just like deserves a spot up there ghost. I'm like, this is a fantastic film and it has a lot of different elements of the different ones. So why do I think it should go there instead? Because I like, I'm more impressed by Jennifer's body, but I think ghost is probably more impressive during its time. Yeah. Yeah. I stick by it, but I'll, I'll I'll go down easy in a fight. No, I think ghost. I think that's a good spot for ghost. Yeah. Um, It's 2021. It's 2021. We did it. We did it. Now, you guys, it is time for our final segment, Reality Check. In this segment, we test out the tropes and plot devices in the rom-coms we've just watched and see if they hold up in the real world. In this film, many of the characters have had paranormal experiences when they sense the presence of a ghost, a.k.a. Patrick Swayze. But, you guys, does this hold up in real life? Have any of us ever had an experience with a ghost you know i'm one of those people who i want it i want it so badly to happen to me but (laughs) i have had i don't know if i've had any paranormal encounters or experiences and i want to like it would just maybe i'm in it for the wrong reasons like it would just be like a cool experience and i think it's like about more than that and in that way i'm not like a a a good conduit for you know witnessing that but i've been to hitler's bunker you know i've been to like the (laughs) the tunnels under city hall 
and I've, and I've, uh, you know, I've been in places where I feel like this is dark. Like there's a weird past here, but there are tunnels underneath city hall. Yes. They were built during the prohibition to sneak alcohol. So the (gasps) rumor goes, well, Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. And it's kind of easy to get to. It's fun. Um, but besides like a weird energy, I don't, I, I don't think I've been receptive or witnessed anything ghosty. Oh, that's we're we're sort of opposites, Michael, in that um, I sort of like come my like family line, like all the women going up the family line are all like, yeah, we can sense stuff. We can feel stuff. And I, and they're like, yeah, and we're cool with that. And that's fine. And I'm like, leave me alone, please. Like, please. No, never. Like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm like so closed off to all paranormal stuff because I just like don't ever want to have an encounter. Knock on wood. Um. And I even have like, I think it's like my great grandma's aunt was like a psychic and it was like, oh my gosh, like like all the rich people like paid her to be their psychic. And it was always like, she died from being a psychic is like, what was like the thing? Yeah. But then now I was just talking to my mom, my abuela about it. And they were like, oh, well maybe now upon reflection, it was like dementia. (laughs) They like thought it was like her psychic (laughs) abilities. It was a long time ago. Um, Yeah. So, but, but um. Yeah, like there's like a bit of like that side of the family, all the women being like, yeah, there's like a certain sense you have or like, and they're all like really into psychics. <gasps> and so I'm very much like, anytime I'm ever like alone and I hear like a weird noise or see a weird light, I'm like, no, no, please. <laughs> like, and I'm actually wow. be like nice I'm about it. I'm like, no. just say yes. You have. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I come on. No, no. I know. I know. It's like very Oda May in that way. No, I don't want. No, I don't want. No, right, I don't want right, to. I think you got it. Whether you like no, it or no, not, no. and you probably I don't, use it. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, and I always just revenge, and you could help. No, them. exactly. I'm but very busy. I'm so, you. I'm so busy this week. I cannot possibly take on a ghost revenge for what I have to sort of get through. So, um, knock on wood. I hate to even say it. I hate to even say it out loud because it makes me just even more. I'm very like superstitious about it. I'm like, no ghosts for me, please. Thank you. And good night. And that's how I feel about it. And um, knock on wood, I'll let you guys know if that changes. Um, but it's, it's not, I, I don't, You're you know, I'm, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> Allie, have you? Um, no, nah, I mean, I've only one time I used to be like a, I used to cater a lot of weddings and like there was, or like the catering company that I worked at catered weddings. And there's one old building downtown in downtown LA that we would always cater at um, called the James Oviatt building that was like built in the 1920s. And like right now, I mean, like we, you know, it's, it's COVID. So I don't know if it's open, but they're, they're famous for this room called the cicada room, which is like, like oh. during the weekends, people would do like swing dancing and stuff like that. I mean, oh, you can, it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. You can still do that. Anyway, it's like this very old art deco building and it feels cold and dark yeah. and weird yeah. when you're there. And there have yeah. been a few times where it's like, I'll be in the elevator. Like I had to like ride the elevator alone, taking out trash. And it was like, this is so this is, feels funky. Um, but I don't have a, 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 like my family isn't, you know, blessed with the spiritual gifts. Um, <laughs> if I was Mia, I might, you know, pull out a candle. Wish my, I could give uh, it to you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it doesn't help that it's like I was raised like first 10 years, like very Christian, but in the way where the other side of my family was not like, they were like, don't do the Ouija board. Not because you shouldn't, but because it's real. <laughs> like don't do the Ouija board because you're really 
only going to welcome in evil spirits. And so it's like, I can't, even though I'm not Christian and I don't, I don't do that. It's like, I just, it's all too much for my neurotic little heart to handle. Oh, oh my gosh. That's oh so, my gosh. That's so wild. But, um, if it ever happens, I'm, I'm calling you guys to come over though and deal with it. Cause I can't. Oh my gosh. I would love to. I would love to. Um, so it seems like reality not only checks out, but we have like a uh, a host of the podcast who is um, really entrenched in the spiritual arts and comes from Absolute, a spiritual absolutely rejected, dynasty. Ab- absolutely rejected. No, thank you. Hard pass. Um. <laughs> um, but yes, so very exciting. Checks out. Uh, well, you, you guys, sadly, on that note, uh, that. That is the end of our podcast. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. This was such a treat. And I just feel uh, very uh, humbled by your vast knowledge of the rom-com. And <laughs> this is no joke. You guys are uh, you guys are borderline experts in this. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are giving it dignity. Thank you. That's, that's Thank you. all we strive for. That's truly um, all we wanted. Wow. Yeah. Um, Michael, uh, before we sign off, do you have any social media things to promote or important romance advice for our listeners? Oh, romance advice. Um, do not. I wrote as a college freshman as a note in my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not give guys your social media when you meet them at a bar and and i think that was just um from experience but um that's not a that's not a hard rule and yeah don't come to me for love advice um but uh make sure that you're seeing a therapist and um like your second opinion always from like truly a professional um yeah i suppose is my (laughs) advice uh, I have a play that I'd like to plug. I am in, yes. thank you. I'm in a play at Echo Theater Company, which is in Atwater Village in LA, if you're in town. And it's called Poor Claire. It's a premiere and it opens a week from um, the, the night of, of it's Tuesday that we're recording this. So anyway, it'll open on um, October 20th for previews and the 23rd is our, our heart open. So please... Come on by. Yes, yes. Go see. Go see it. It's going to be a great time. We'll be there. Yes. Um, we'll be there. Yes. This theater company is so cool. Um, yeah. Echo Theater Company does like, they do like new works by playwrights. And some of the plays I've seen there are just like, so powerful, so moving. And I'm so excited to see poor Clara and see you in it, Michael. Oh, thank you. Go see it. Um, and uh, additionally, thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a new episode out every week. And remember to subscribe to our podcast. And if you could rate us as well, that would be amazing. We are brought to you by Campfire Media. And P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. P.P.S. Me Oscar, Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. 
How about the DCOMs? What? The Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire. <laughs> 